When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. To another episode of Blush. My name is Hiva, and I'm joined by our single correspondent, Stella. Stella, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah, minus all this uh, COVID stuff. But <laughs> yeah, it got crazy real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no kidding. I've been testing like every day for the last several days. You know, I think that's just it's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much what I, if I am not seeing anyone, then I don't. But if I'm planning on seeing even one person like you and I here today, test. That's the only way to do it. I will say though, so do you remember when I had dental work a few weeks ago and I just felt really bad afterwards? And oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was congested and I had body aches and I know I've been really fatigued in general lately, which we can talk about later maybe, but I was even more, I mean, I was pretty much just sleeping and I remember my doctor kept being like, yeah, that's not from what we did here today. Like that is <laughs> not, I don't know. She's like, I think you might have COVID or you have something else because it's not from what we've done. I can tell you that for sure. And I took a COVID test before I was going to see my parents and it was negative. And so I was like, all right, whatever. I don't know, whatever. Um, But I've heard of so many people with Omicron testing negative before they test positive. Oh, really? Like it took a few days for them to actually get like a it positive took test? Multiple tests, yeah. Mm. So what I'm hearing is if you're asymptomatic and you test negative, you can go with that. If you have symptoms, and the symptoms that I had were exactly what everyone else with Omicron has, and you're testing negative, you really might still have it. So But either way, if you're like, I think if there's one thing that we've learned in the past two years, if you are sick, it doesn't matter if it's COVID or not. Don't be around other people. Exactly. Because nobody wants to get even a cold. Yeah. Like (laughs) at this point, like I haven't had a cold or any, I haven't been sick in any way since 2019. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't want to uh, even catch a cold now. So yeah. I remember when it was like, hero mentality right to like oh I'm sick but I'm going to work anyway because I'm such a hard worker like no fuck that a when we're sick we get tired because the body wants rest like pushing against that does nothing for you and I don't care if you're spreading a cold or COVID or the flu or anything else let's just like not spread diseases agreed 100% And I think that maybe if anything, I mean, uh, this has been a terrible, terrible couple of years, but I think that maybe one of the small good things maybe that is coming out of this is that people are actually, I hope, listening to their bodies more, you know? And if your body says you need rest, whether, you know, you're sick with something major or minor or whatever, you need to rest. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And also... This might be a little woo-woo, but my friend and I were talking about it today. My poor friend has COVID for the second time. She got, she works, she's a doctor. Oh, wow. Okay. So she got COVID early on. She's triple vaxxed. 
and she just got COVID again. Um, this time it's, you know, it's super mild. Uh, you know, good news is she'll be like superwoman after all this. But um, yes, but she's been reflecting a lot on her life and her career and all these things because she's just sick and at home. And we were talking about this and this might be a little woo woo, but I think sometimes we get sick as the universe's way to forcing us to pause and you kind of can't really do anything when you're sick Mm, you know what mm -hmm. I mean like you can't like hopefully you sleep a lot but like the rest of the time you're just awake and doing nothing and you just have to sit there and think about your life and sometimes you're like huh I don't know if I like this. <laughs> yeah, I think that that can definitely be the case. I wouldn't say that it always is the yeah, case, right? No. Because of course, you know, people get sick with all sorts of terrible things all the time and there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah, but of course. I can definitely say that I have had an experience myself where I got sick and it forced me to like sit with my feelings. It was when I went through my last big breakup. Mm-hmm. Basically, you know, the breakup happened um within the first like 12 hours or so you know I had cried a bit I had processed a bit and I was like okay I'm ready to move on and move forward and here are all of the the great things that came from this relationship and all of the things that weren't great and now I'm ready to move on and I kind I mean it was a little bit spiritual Mm -hmm. bypassy sort Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. and within 24 hours so like the next day I came down with the worst virus that I've ever had I was in bed I mean it was pre-COVID this was like a year before almost a year before COVID hit the scene but I was like I was out I've never been that sick I was in bed I could barely get out of bed a friend had to bring me medicine she like came to my door I could barely go to the front door to get it from her and Like I was, uh, even though I was back up on my feet, like within 10 days or so, I had continuing symptoms for months after that. But anyway, I I really felt that, you know, it was forcing me to slow down and really feel. And like the waves of emotion that came over me, like when I was lying there sick in bed and couldn't do or, (laughs) you know, imagine doing anything else. Like I needed that. I needed to like grieve the relationship and the path that I was on prior to getting sick was like, I'm going to be fine, which in the end, of course I was, but like you need to actually go through all of those stages of processing and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, can you explain what spiritual bypass is for anyone who's not familiar with that terminology? Oh, yes. Okay, let's see if I can summarize this well. Um, Kind of, it's kind of the love and light mentality about anything. Like rather than getting your hands dirty, right? Doing the the dirty work, the difficult work, you know, looking at your real feelings, um, you know, the the ugly things, the ugly Mm -hmm. parts of yourself, the shadowy parts of yourself that you don't want to look at. Instead, it's just saying, well, it's all for the best. Sending them love and light. I'm over it. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be all right. Um, And, you know, there is something to be said for doing all of that. But like we also need to look at all of the layers that are underneath it to really understand what's going on and how we can really move forward and heal from something. Right. Yeah. It's the. Would you add anything to that? No, I think that was perfect. Um, I think another example of it is the kind of think positive. Oh, totally. Modality, right? The constant positive thinking, ignoring all the negativity, like it doesn't make it go away. It's it's like the zombie in the basement, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's (laughs) banging at the door. It doesn't go away. Um, What else was I just thinking of? Uh, Even a lot of the gratitude stuff like I love gratitude I have a nightly gratitude practice that I've been doing for since 2014 2015 like a long time that being said just forcing yourself to have gratitude isn't it's not a substitute for healing your childhood wounds and your shadows and addressing trauma in your life like that's not you can't just be like well I'm grateful I have this and like it doesn't matter that you know I'm super triggered by everything and I'm like super cunty to everyone. Like I'm just (laughs) grateful that, you know, I have this beautiful apartment. Like, no, you have to get down there and figure things out. Yeah. And that's really like culturally not something that we're taught. Right. It's like chin up, you know, be strong, move on, be positive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I just hearing you say this made me think about how when I was younger, so I've, I've never been a super consistent journaler. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I have a journal, I write in it from time to time, but particularly when I was younger, I would only write about the good things in my journal. Like I wow. wouldn't want to like mess it up, <laughs> you yeah. know? And maybe this is also because I'm a Virgo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like this must sound... look pretty. It must be organized. And let's just talk about the nice stuff. And then maybe, you know, maybe if I'm like, oh, well, I'm not too happy about this thing. It's like, well, then let's look at the silver lining, you know? <laughs> and yeah. just go a little too quickly to uh, that side of things rather than really excavating. Yeah, I love that word, excavating. And we're not saying to not be positive and not look at the positive side of things or Mm. not be grateful, but you have to get dirty first. Yes. And heal that stuff. And then please, like, be grateful for everything you have. It's not one or the other, it's both. Exactly. Because I also think if you're just excavating and not being (laughs) grateful and not looking at the positive side of things, that's going to be a problem also. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. By the way, on journaling. So Stella is a Virgo. Like she said, I, you know, have a lot of earth in my chart. My south node's in Virgo. So sometimes Stella and I will message each other. Like I'll be like, oh, I have a tip for how to journal on this so you don't mess it up in your journal. Like I was like, instead of making it a chart, you could make it a list like this. And that way you don't have to deal with like spacing issues. Oh God, there's nothing worse than space spacing issues in a journal, right? If you're doing columns, how big do you make the columns? Which one needs oh, to be bigger my God, than the yeah. others? And then, oh. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chaos. I, I don't remember if I told you this before or not, but my favorite college professor I had him for international economics I actually I wasn't even supposed to be in his class it was like at capacity and I come back to college this year and I was like I want to take international economics it you know it was a subject I was interested in um I it fit perfectly in my schedule which was the number one thing that I cared about (laughs) or it was like international trade within the economics department and I just you know spent a summer working on trade stuff at the department of commerce I was super into it and so I show up first day I'm like I want to get into your class and he's like it's at capacity and I was like cool 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 we'll figure it out and he's like no like I'm not letting you in and then I just come every day during ad drop period and I'd like do all the reading and I'd raise my hand constantly and I always knew the answers and like I could tell he's like I literally hate you and finally (laughs) the last day of ad drop period he called me after class and he's like fine I give up. Fine. You can get into my class. The power of persistence (laughs) right there. Like, I was just so cocky about it. I was like, oh, well, he's like, there's no seat. So I was like, it's funny because I'm sitting in a seat. Like, seems like there's enough seats to me. And he's like, but like the class is at capacity. I was like, well, someone's clearly not here. I can have their seat. Mm -hmm. Somebody's not taking it as seriously as you are, clearly. Yeah. Um such a good professor he taught it in such a great way but this is what I wanted to say that I really really loved about him when he would write stuff on the board like for example he'd be like I can't even remember any trade terms let's say like uh, you know (laughs) you could just make it up and I would have no idea I know nothing about Uh, economics he'd write like supply elasticity he'd write all the terms we're going to go over and then in parentheses next to it he would write three lines and he would estimate the amount of lines it would take for you to write things out oh my god this man is a hero I know I know I I love him um very Feel, getting chills right I now know, <laughs> I know I maybe shouldn't even add this but I just I can't talk about him without not going into this um <clears throat> so the year after I graduated he was arrested <gasps> by the FBI what all the hard drives in his computer were taken he was charged with nine counts of soliciting minors oh good lord to send him naked photos and like child pornography charges and 
other similar charges. Wow. All right. Well, my previous comment about this man being a hero, I hereby retract it. It's been... Um, I I appreciate the organization of the three lines. Such a good professor. It's been one of the biggest mindfucks of my life because I will say there were a couple of professors in that department who did things that are pretty unsavory. So there were more of them? No, 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 no. Oh. No, this is what I'm getting at. Oh. He was always, like, he, okay. Can I just, can I just talk about this? I don't know. I've never really talked about this. Definitely not on the podcast. There was one professor in that department who lived with him, actually. He lived in his house. They were young. They were both very young. They so were, they were like professor roommates. Yes. They were both like under 30. Hmm. Young. Like to, to be like 26, 27, 28 and teaching undergraduates. Like, yeah. That's, that's very young. young. Like gracious. you're almost peers, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking about this. Whatever. I'm just going to do it. The professor that lived with him, I had him as a professor my sophomore year. He was young. Um, all the girls were kind of into him because he was like not bad looking and young and Mm -hmm. you know and it's just kind of this like fetishized thing and so I would flirt with him all the time oh my goodness and one night I was really drunk and I called him and I told him I had a crush on him oh my And then this whole, like, two-year thing came out of it. Now, he stopped teaching at the college for part of this two-year process, but Hmm. he also was not my professor, I should add this. Like, he stopped being my professor. Nevertheless, pretty fucking inappropriate Mm -hmm. for, like, if for him to, and, like, not that I'm putting it on him, but now that I'm older, I see things differently, and I'm like, okay, I was 19, Given he wasn't that much older, but he was in a position of power and in a position where he should have, like, not even created the situation where I could have called him drunkenly one night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Why did I have a cell phone exactly. number? Like, yeah. can we start there? Boundaries. Why did I have a cell phone Boundaries. number? <laughs> like, he, like, clearly was creating a situation where I felt, and, like, not that I want to put the blame on him, but again, I think. As I've gotten older, as like the Me Too movement has continued, I've kind of been like, huh. Even though I always felt like the instigator, now I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's unsavory. Um, also, like it got so bad. Like at some point, he invited me to his family's house for Christmas, and I was like, Did we hmm. enter into a relationship? And yeah. I'm just are, not aware. How are we? How meet the parents stage already didn't we skip a little bit here yeah what is that and then when I moved to DC after college he was like oh I want to come visit I want to come visit and I was like sure let me know when you're in town and then he I realized he was like trying to stay with me I was like oh god no 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 no. no. (laughs) it's not no anyway I digress so that professor was always really really paranoid about um you know trade professor finding out that him and I were talking and stuff because mm. trade professor was very like above board with things like this or like so he, we thought I mean yeah, yeah that's it was, it wow. was shocking of every single person in that department he is the last person I would have expected wow. to be doing this because mm. like there were other professors that were always like pretty flirty with me again I would flirt like I just I'm a flirtatious person like I kind of flirt a little with everyone you know it's Mm -hmm. just and like now that I'm an adult it's not a big deal like I think I told this story once I don't know if I did I was at a doctor's office once and I was like he kept walking around me and I was like oh I'm sorry are my feet in the way and he's like no no you're fine and then he told this like very bizarre story about a patient that he had who 
has like size 12 feet or something. And I was like, oh, is he single? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, now that I'm an adult, like a full fledged in my 30s adult, and that person is essentially a peer or I mean, he is my doctor, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's not like he's about to operate on me for my cancer. It's like a doctor that I'm seeking out. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But, you know, as a 19 year old, it's it's a different yeah, and dynamic. when you're a stu- you, regardless of age, also if you're a student and someone else is a professor, I mean whether or not they are your prof- professor, there's still that power hierarchy. Exactly, it reminds me a lot of I remember when Monica Lewinsky st- stuff first happened. I was too young to fully realize how fucking young she mm-hmm. was. Yeah, and me too. how. It was the president of the United States, and there were a bit of like power dynamics. So I don't care if she like crawled into that office and unzipped his pants, he should have said no. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So Mm. it was very shocking because he was the one who really, really, really was not into that stuff. By the way, um, One of my sorority sisters DM'd me a while ago and was like, I'm just waiting for the day that you tell this professor story on the podcast. (laughs) Well, (laughs) honey, today is the day. I was like, I don't think I ever will. But here we are. I guess I am. Never say never. Never say never. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. You know, nothing physical ever happened. Um it is like it makes me feel icky just thinking about it. Maybe we'll talk about it more another time. Anyway, we only got into this because we were talking about journals. But maybe this is a good segue to talk about the sex lives of college girls. Yes. So thank you to everyone who DM'd me and said that you've been watching because of the podcast. It's so fucking good. Um, okay. Thought any anything you want to touch on? Well, of course. I mean, the 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 segue here is thinking about, of course, Whitney's relationship with her soccer coach. Oh my god, I didn't <laughs> even remember that. Yes, Woo, How- that that was really unexpected. At least for me, I th- I mean, I felt like they built uh they didn't build up any backstory, and it just kind of happened. And None. so I was like, wait, when and how did this develop? And wow, that's really bold <laughs> to within like the first month or so of college. Like, yeah. You know. Well, it, yeah. W- when the show starts, they were already entangled. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have much. no, and I guess like, I guess athletes arrive to school early to start training. So mm-hmm. I guess they, mm-hmm. had, I, I mean, I don't know. I clearly, I barely know how to walk. Like I'm <laughs> not athletic, but yeah, nor I guess I. they must, right? Like that's yeah. the only explanation because we start like first day of orientation mm-hmm. and they're already involved. Right. Um, one thing that made me sad, and it actually just reminded me of a dream that I had recently, hmm. um, was the, well, okay, I guess she didn't do it, but the night of the away game, when he wanted her to come to his room, or no, 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 there was, there was another time, that's not it, it was a night that they had won a game, and everyone was celebrating at one of the players' house, and he was like, why don't you skip that and, like, come hang out with me instead, and it just makes me sad that she was missing out on stuff with her peers. Yes, totally. To be like involved in this relationship with an older man, which reminds me of this dream I had. <laughs> this is a very like self-serving podcast episode. I'm sorry, but that's all right. I had this really sexy dream a few nights ago that I was in college and I had a thing with this college professor. I may have been in grad school. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The college professor was the teacher in season two of Lock and Key, which you haven't watched yet, which we'll talk about later. Mm, Okay. Um, But he's very good looking. And I remember there was a party one night and I was at the party and I was going to meet up with him like afterwards or whatever. So I left the party early. And I remember having this weird feeling and then waking up and it kept like ringing with me. I was like, why did I leave this party with my peers to go spend time with someone who wasn't a peer? Mm. Yeah. 
And I think I've done that a lot in my life. Like my sophomore year of college, I dated a guy who was in med school 45 minutes away. Oh, wow. And he was like seven years older. Mm -hmm. So like he definitely wasn't a peer. And there were times where I'd like miss stuff to go hang out with him. Or yeah, I don't know. I've definitely done that stuff. And it that dream made me reflect back on that. And it, again, made me feel kind of icky. Yeah, I get that. And with the, that whole storyline with Whitney, I just, every time, every time that we would see them together, I just, oh, it creeped me out so much because I'm like, this is an adult man who is married. taking advantage, and married, yeah. we don't find that out until later, right? She doesn't find that out till later, right? Mm -hmm. But who is taking advantage of a college freshman. Yeah. And I mean, and she goes into it, you know, uh, you know, consensually, but how, but still there's, again, there's that power, power dynamic. dynamic. Yeah. So even if it is totally consensual, like it is not appropriate for him to be yeah, putting her in that position. Yeah. Not at all. Like, can you give consent when you're in such mm. an imbalanced position? Oh my God. How have we not talked about, have you seen Pretty Little Liars? Oh yeah. A long time ago. Do you remember the one chick, Aria, was straight up dating oh, yeah, her, her, high, her school high school teacher? teacher. Her oh, my God. high school teacher. <laughs> and it was never called out as a problem at any point in the show, really. Yeah, I mean, the pro the, the problematic aspect of it was like, well, what will my parents think, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And of, co of course, when they, they did eventually find out, right? They were yeah. very pissed, of course. But, yeah, I just remember thinking, like, there are, like, high school students watching, watching this. this. And why is it just, why are, they, and, and it wasn't just that they weren't calling them out. It was that it was so romanticized. It, exactly. It was it like was, encouraging it. I remember watching it like years later and I was just binging it. Wow. What a like terrible, but good show. <laughs> oh, totally. It's just, yeah. Terrible, but good. One of those like guilty pleasure shows. Yes. Oh my gosh. I remember like texting my friend. I was like, my like fucking 15 year old cousin watches the show. Like this is so fucked up. And she was like, oh my God, Arya and Ezra are like my favorite couple on oh, the gross. show. I was like, no, that's not like, that is not the way we should be portraying the situation on television, especially on a show that kids watch. Like this is not a teacher, which is a show about, you know, the high school teacher dating the student mm -hmm. and how problematic it is and how she was grooming him yada yada like it's it's like you said it's romanticized it's totally, portrayed yeah. as being okay and that sends a real fucked up message to the children watching the show mm -hmm. and that wasn't even that long ago when did that show come out i didn't see, i didn't see it when it was at, when it was actually on tv i saw it like later streaming but i I think it started like 2010 or 2011 okay and it yeah. ran for like a long time mm -hmm. yeah I don't really remember how it ended anyway not important but yeah very very disturbing like really not okay yeah I'm quickly interrupting this episode for a quick message from a friend of the podcast It was a regular amusement park with all the rides, stalls, lights, sounds and people. But when I turned back around to my friends, everything had changed. The park was now dark and empty. It looked like it had been abandoned for years. If you enjoy stories of the paranormal, the supernatural, and the unexplained, join me every week for They're Not Shadows, a podcast with no jokes, no commercials, and no filler. Just spooky stories. Back to the episode. Back to sex lives of college girls. One thing that really stuck out to me was 
when Kimberly starts sleeping with, uh, we won't even say who in case, like just in case, just to not spoil it. She starts. Well, we already with have someone. dropped some <laughs> spoilers here, but <laughs> I mean, not that, yeah. not that bad. Yeah, just true. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Kimberly starts sleeping with someone, and they're just doing it all the time, and. I mean, like, what was it, like 11, 12 times a day? She's like leaving work yes, constantly. She's like, I to have go to go to, to the it. bathroom. Yeah. Or I forgot something in my dorm room. I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> um, okay. I thought this was wildly unrealistic because I don't think sex in college is good for the woman like <laughs> 99% of the time. Like, I don't think a college-aged woman would be like, wow, I need me more of that. I mean, you're probably right. (laughs) I was doing some research on it, and there's this concept called the orgasm gap. It was Mm, coined mm -hmm. by someone uh, named Lori Mintz. She's the author of a book called Becoming Cliterate. Hmm. why orgasm equality matters and how to get it. And so the orgasm gap refers to the fact that in heterosexual relationships, women have far fewer orgasms than men. So there are all these studies, I don't know how accurate they are, but one study found that 95% of heterosexual men reported that they always or almost always orgasm during sex, whereas 65% of heterosexual women reported that I think it would probably even be lower than yeah, that. That would not be surprising. Yeah. But in college students, 39% of women said that they have orgasms and 91% of men said they do. And again, I think that might be an elevated number. So overall, like the vast majority, I would say, of college-aged women are not orgasming from sex. So I just... I have a hard time believing that she would be so obsessed. Yeah, well, I don't remember well enough if, like, they show, I mean, did they show or imply that she was orgasming? <laughs> Maybe that's, like, too much detail. Uh, but I, don't I could remember. understand. I could understand how she would be wrapped up in the excitement of it all. Right. Yeah. Because this is, like, that's the true. first, this is the first partner that she's having who is, not the not her ex-boyfriend basically oh my god, who was yeah not exactly either the most attractive or the nicest guy oh my god <laughs> god i remember and I, i'm not here to shame anyone's body hair like no, no. i have more body hair than almost anyone i know but when he was sitting shirtless on the couch and it legit looked like he was wearing a sweater. I, you know, I was wondering if like that was a hair suit of sorts that they put on him. If that was they like fake have. hair that was applied, I because so. I mean, otherwise, what would the casting call look like? <laughs> Looking for extremely hairy young man for this scene. <laughs> I mean, it it must have been fake. It must have been. Otherwise, I should have auditioned. Honestly. <laughs> Again, nothing wrong with body hair, yeah, but it no. just—it did seem a little bit improbable. It was also very regular, right? It was like all yeah. over, yeah. not like spotty or. I mean, no. I've, I've encountered more, like you know, maybe it's just part of the back, maybe it's the shoulders, yeah. or maybe you know, whatever. But it was very uniform. Yeah, my dad is super, super, super hairy, and he has this triangle on his lower back that's completely hairless and I used to call it the Bermuda Triangle (laughs) when I was a kid because all the hair just disappeared oh my god it's so fitting right (laughs) yes it's perfect Anyway, I thought the sex was really unrealistic. I mean, it seemed like he was like an attentive, good lover. But again, I think that's unrealistic for college. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than that, I don't know. Any other thoughts? I'm trying to remember what else happened. Yeah, me too. It's been a good few weeks or more since I finished it. Um, Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> oh, what about what about um, Bella's experience at the um, the comedy yeah. group, right? With sexual harassment and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty deep, and I 
think they actually did a really good job of portraying it in a way that was light enough to fit into a comedy show, Mm -hmm. but pretty accurately done. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought so as well. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was... And I feel, and, and to come back to, I mean, it's not, it's obviously not the same thing, but I feel like a show today like this is doing a much better job of addressing issues like this than mm-hmm. shows from even 10 years ago or longer where, you know, they're, they're showing a relationship between a high school student and a teacher and right. not at all showing that it's wrong like this this show i mean i think one of the great things that it does is right it shows that this is inappropriate behavior yes and this is what it can look like to stand up against that you know to to report it like what that process can look like i mean of course it can go a lot worse (laughs) yeah than it did in the show but yeah i thought it was really really empowering to see how she handled it and i also I'm proud of us as a society that we're pointing out these things that are problematic. Like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we may not have talked about someone like exposing themselves to you as Mm -hmm. being a, you know what I mean? It may have been something we laughed about. Like, I remember I was visiting a close friend of mine probably 10 years ago or something, and she was living with her boyfriend and two other guys in this house. And one night, one of the guys who, by the way, is like insanely attractive, like model attractive, was like, I wanted pot. Like at the time, I was a big pothead. So he's like, yeah, 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 let's find you some pot. Let's find you some pot. And um, I was in his room and he kept trying to hook up with me. And I was like, I'm so not into this. And I think what had happened was he's so attractive that like no one's really said no to him Mm. before. So Mm -hmm. he just like he like, I don't know, like this kind of archaic theme of like thinking I was like playing coy or whatever. When like I just I'm not that into looks like I'm into a vibe. And I was like feeling no vibe with him. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then he, like, pulled his dick out. Oh, God. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? And the next day I told my friend I was so upset. And she just, like, didn't think it was a big deal Mm. at all. And I, I often wonder if with everything that's happened with Me Too and stuff, if she ever looks back on that and is like, fuck, like, I was in the wrong in that situation. Now, even I remember him being like, what, it's not like I'm raping you. And I was like, okay, A, I did not bring up the R word. Oh, God. You did. Yeah. <laughs> B, in America, I think we would consider this to be rape. So, like, I understand that you don't think you're doing anything wrong, but I am telling you clearly and assertively that I am not okay with this and you have me locked in your room and I can't get out. Like, can you understand that there is a problem here? And he's like, come on, you know you want it. I was like, I've literally never wanted anything less, (laughs) like, in my entire life. (laughs) He was like, are you wet? I was like, no, it's literally the Sahara. Like, it's my entire body has, like, absorbed all of the moisture from the air. Like, that is how unwet I am. Like, disgusting. Again, like, at the time, like, she was just like, oh, my God, like, who cares? Like, blah, blah. And I was like, I care. Mm-hmm. That's that's one person who cares. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think you're totally right that, yeah, I mean, 10, 15, 20 years ago, this kind of behavior would have likely been brushed off by most of us, like, yeah. you know, us women included, right, as boys will be boys. Yes, yeah. And even, like, I was like, oh, I'm being dramatic. Like, why mm-hmm. am I being mm-hmm. so dramatic yeah. about this? And then I was like, no, I don't think no. I am being dramatic. <laughs> like, it was, like, really not okay. Exactly. Um... Yeah, I don't know that I want to get into, uh, what's the Upper East Side girl's name? Layton. Layton. I don't know that I want to get into her storyline here. It was really beautiful. I just, I don't think like the two of us are the people to Mm -hmm. be discussing it. Yes, agreed. Um, Stay tuned for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Okay, speaking of shows that are doing things to kind of like propel conversations. One of the criticisms that I've heard about the Sex and the City reboot, 
And okay, we're going to talk about up to episode five of Sex in the City or and Just Like That. It's been weeks. If you haven't seen it, you know, skip ahead. But it's or go watch it now. (laughs) Yeah, it's being yeah. Pause this. Go watch it. Come back or just listen if you don't care. But it's it's been it's been discussed so much at this point that I don't think we're doing anything here. So I think one of the biggest criticisms that I've heard about the reboot is that they're trying too hard to like be PC and address all of these like various issues and just hitting too many things. And I, in fact, I've heard this criticism mostly from the LGBTQ plus community, Mm -hmm. which again, like I don't think is a space for you and I to be discussing like what they're doing in that area. But, you know, they're hitting the alcoholism, they're hitting the, you know, they're hitting all these really deep issues. And what I'm hearing from a lot of people is that's not what I wanted from this show. Mm -hmm. Do you have thoughts on it? I'm, I'm very... I go all over the place, so I don't I don't really know. Well, I I mean, again, maybe I'm not the the best equipped to comment on it, but in general, I've been kind of disappointed in the way that the the writers have been addressing these issues in that it's all very like hitting you over the head with them. Right. And just watching how the characters flail around. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, maybe it's believable, but some of it is just I felt like they could have done it in a more subtle way or right. a more sensitive way um, rather than seeing them, you know, put their foot in their mouth on various occasions. I mean, I'm being vague here, but, you know, like right. thinking about, you know, for example, like Miranda, when she goes into her um, first class, her first grad school class there that she's doing, right? And and she doesn't recognize the professor because the professor has, I mean, she's a, she's a black woman and in her photo on the website, she has short, short hair, right? Mm-hmm. And she shows up with braids and Miranda completely miss, you know, she, she thinks that she's a student <laughs> and tells her not to sit in the professor's chair. And then not only that, but proceeds to go on a whole rant about it. And I just thought, you know, it would have been more effective, I think, if she had just instantly been like oh my gosh I'm so sorry my mistake I'll be quiet (laughs) yeah yeah it's it is and that's what everyone says it is heavy-handed as far as the sexuality stuff again I don't like I'd love to have someone in that community on to speak about it because I don't think you and I are the right people Mm -hmm. um personally to me it's like it's a show that's largely about sex I think sexuality plays into it I like I I don't think it's uninteresting but as far as like how good of a job they're doing again i don't think is for you and i to discuss Mm -hmm. um the alcoholism thing i've been around a lot of addiction and i think it's a really difficult topic to tackle and i wish they wouldn't frankly like it's just i think the only way to do it justice is to get really really deep with Mm -hmm. it and that's where I can say, like, this is not what I want out of this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go down the deep depths of, like, how dark addiction can be for, like, the person going through it and everyone around them. And I think that when some shows do it, like, there's this um, kind of uh, cheesy kind of... Uh, uh, guilty pleasure type show that I watched about these three young girls in New York. And then there was, you know, a couple of episodes that alluded to one of them was drinking too much. And I remember watching it and being like, this is like, they just shouldn't have done it because they're being so surface with it. Like she basically like the girl's drinking too much and she goes to a little bit of therapy and she like is able to tackle her drinking better. And then she's like out having cocktails with her friend the next day. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that's not, how this topic actually unravels in people's real lives. And I understand that the show isn't that deep, which is great. Like I would watch it as an escape. It wasn't, you know, to educate myself. And it it just, they couldn't go into the depths of it while keeping the energy of the show alive. And that's kind of how I feel about it with Sex and the City. Like I don't, want to go down the intensity of what 
a real portrayal of alcoholism should be in that show. And so either they're going to have to be fluffy about it, which I don't want to see, or they're going to have to, like, the entire show is going to have to come about, like, how Miranda's entire lives and life and her relationships are being ruined by her addiction, which I also don't want to watch, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... It, it the I mean this is the reboot right but the original was kind of this fun escape semi escapist fantasy right you know I mean it's very much a fantasy there's no yeah. way that a journalist yeah. is, is uh, affording a Carrie's apartment and b Carrie's wardrobe right yeah yeah exactly <laughs> from writing one column um, but no I totally agree I totally agree and because if they were to address topics like alcoholism with the depth that's required like those are no longer the characters <laughs> that we are used to right it would be exactly it, it would be taking them to an entirely different place and that said I do feel like or I have been frustrated with the reboot in that I feel like to some degree the character the characters are even more a caricature of themselves I don't mm. know Charlotte in particular has just been like rubbing me the wrong way mm. you know? <laughs> Do you think that could be your own shadow? Yes, totally. Because uh, in 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 college, in particular, <laughs> like my my best friend in college, you know, uh, was like, "Okay, you are one hundred percent a Charlotte. You are such a Charlotte." And so, as a result, Charlotte has always rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. I, I always just, wanted yeah. to be Charlotte because I thought she was like the perfect pretty one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I always wanted to be a Charlotte, and like I hated how much I wasn't a Charlotte. Well, even those of us who are Charlottes in air quotes here, I'm doing air quotes folks um you know there's that that you know wanting to be perfect wanting to seem perfect but clearly Mm -hmm. you're you are a are not because nobody is and b definitely feel like you're not so it's like this this um impossible standard to try to hold oneself to right yeah yeah for sure what specifically about charlotte bothers you hmm well i think that one of the things that comes to mind, I mean, I'm sure there would be more if I actually took notes while watching it. <laughs> <laughs> next <But> time. <laughs> next time, exactly. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is just like the control freak vibe. I don't know. Like like when it's um, in the, is it the first, ep- yeah, it's the first episode, right? When there's Lily's piano recital, right? Uh-huh. And she buys like the, the perfect dresses, right? For both of the daughters. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it just seemed so much like, and I get this, and there are parents who are like this, where all of their kids' things are like reflections of them instead of mm. like, this is my child having a chance to perform. I just, to me, it felt like this is my child performing in front of our whole community, and how she does reflects on me. And so she needs to be perfect. She needs to wear exactly the perfect dress that I want. Her sister needs to wear the perfect dress that I want mm-hmm. because everybody is watching. That's kind of the vibe that I got. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then when she and then when she kind of has a mini fit, well, I mean not not tremendous, but when she does not respond well to Rose not wanting to wear her dress, right? Because she wants to wear something different or as we learn in the newest episode, they want to wear something different, mm-hmm. right? Um it's yeah, just so the control freak vibe is one thing. <laughs> okay. For what it's worth, I don't think you're like like do you think you're like that I don't think you're no, like that at no, all no 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 I don't I don't yeah. either no 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 I mean I think that I, if anything I think that maybe I can relate a little bit to okay so so let me let me move this into like the next point now so it's that's mm-hmm. there's that and then also I just in some instances feel this like undercurrent of really strong insecurity in her like how with this mm. new friend of hers, like she's trying so hard. Le- Lisa, is that her name, right? She's trying so hard mm-hmm. to impress her, right? Because she wants to be, she's like, we're just mom friends, but I want to be real friends and everything needs to be perfect. And and just seeing her like jump through all of these crazy hoops to try to impress this person, what so this person mm-hmm. will think she's good enough mm-hmm. to be her friend. I think that younger me, was I mean not to that level definitely yeah. not to that level but definitely insecure and definitely trying to people please coming back yes. to <laughs> a yeah. big theme right? yeah. um uh, so so I think that if you know what's what's still in my shadow that I need to resolve that maybe watching this character is bringing up is probably that like the insecurity and how that's really linked to people pleasing 
Yeah, so I hadn't thought about it until you just said it, but that is probably the biggest thing that's triggered me about Charlotte, and it's because I can relate so hard. <laughs> like, again, not to that extreme. I mean, you know, it's a TV show, but I feel like I've always kind of had one of two types of friends, either the friends that I feel fully comfortable around and then the friends that I want to impress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it actually, I would say, oof, this is going to be, okay. I used to have one of three categories of friends. The friends that I was comfortable around, that I liked, that I liked hanging out with. And then I had my safe friends who I didn't even like that much, which is fucked up, but they were just available Mm. all the time. And I was Mm -hmm. comfortable around them because I almost like in my mind, I almost felt better than them, which is I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. But really, like, that's just my own shit. You know what I mean? In no way was I better than them. It's just like to me, I was like, it's kind of like in dating, you know, like you like I think in immature dating, you tend to have someone who's kind of the back burner guy who's into you and you don't question it. And when the guy that you're really into is like blowing you off, you run back to the back burner guy who Mm -hmm. you're not that into, right? Again, immature dating, not not the shit that we want to be doing now. It was kind of like that, like the friends who I didn't really like, but who were safe and who were there. And then there were the people that I really wanted to impress. Oh, yeah, I can relate to that. Totally. And I mean, and I think I can still relate to it on some level. You know, they're still like the work colleagues, right, that I want to impress. And so it's like, well, if I say the right thing in front of these people, then maybe like they will invite me for something else. So so I can relate to that still. But yeah, I don't know. It just felt like, (laughs) of course, it's exaggerated. It's a TV show, you know, Uh, but it just, yeah. Something about it just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, for sure. And I do wonder a lot. Like, so I don't have the colleague situation that you have right now, right? But there are people like maybe other podcasters who live in New York City who have these like really fabulous lives who I really look up to. And I sometimes wonder if I somehow like in a social setting, which is like a funny thing to say, because like, when the fuck do I socialize? But, you know. <laughs> or, OK, uh, you know what? I'll put it in a real example. So Ozzy, my boyfriend, has this group of friends who are very artsy and chic and like very New York and edgy and like whatever. And I really like have to remind myself when I'm around them to like not perform. You know mm, what I mean? To yeah. not, and I feel like they don't like me. And oh, I, no. <laughs> and I, well, I think one of them recently started to like me because I like because we showed up to our art show or whatever. And so I think she was really pleased with that. But I do like I I remember there was this one time I was around a bunch of them and I was like I, I walked away from that being like, I don't think a single person here likes me. And it's because like I don't feel like cool and like edgy and artsy enough, you know. I don't know, like I it's like either I want to perform or really in reality, I just get like silent because mm, yeah. I'm just scared to be myself. Oh, I can totally relate to that. And side note here, in this year, 2022, may we all <laughs> be less concerned with whether people like us or not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Like That, that is, is one of my goals for sure. Yeah, like why is it that when I'm around someone who I think is like really, really cool and like has something that I want, why can't I just be my fucking self? And if they like me, cool. If they don't, they don't. And that doesn't mean that I can't have the thing that they have that I want, right? Like Mm -hmm. not everyone is meant to like everyone. Exactly. We can't please all the people all the time. Yeah. But we try. (laughs) Yeah. And at least... If we're being ourselves, if someone doesn't like us, it's not, it's, it, okay, they don't like us. It's not, like, I remember, I'm not explaining this well. I went on a date once 
with a guy who I had actually been chatting with a lot. You know how like there's some dates that you randomly go on and then there's some dates where you've been talking a while, like there's Mm -hmm. some expectation there, like you're really vibing. And I show up to the date and like I can really say like I was not being my authentic self. Like I sometimes if I watch a TV show a lot or if I like listen to someone a lot, if I find them cool and likable, I just start adopting some of their personality traits without even realizing it. Like I start sounding like them. I start talking like them. And I showed up to this date full on acting like this podcaster who I was really into in the moment. Again, it wasn't an intentional thing. It's because I'd been listening to her podcast a lot. And I think subconsciously I was like, oh, this is a cool and likable person. So I should behave like this. Mm. Mm -hmm. And he was like so not into the day like 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 wrapped it up earlier than it needed like he did have a heart out but like he definitely like wrapped it up earlier than that like it was the least a guy has been into me on a date and I mean it was fine it was you know it was one date it was not Mm -hmm. big of a deal obviously I never heard from him again by the way I I think that should go without saying but I will emphasize it and it wasn't like I was like oh my god I like thought this was going to be my husband like this was when I was so dating so much in 2020 that you know what I mean there were like three other guys I was talking to it wasn't that big of a deal Mm -hmm. but I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, this is a lesson in authenticity. Oh, absolutely. More so than anything else. You went into that date, like, as a character rather than as yourself. Right. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. I've done that, too. Definitely. Maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit less uh, lately, which is good. But I mean, even, you know, if you if you are chatting with someone for a while before meeting up, like you Mm -hmm. you find out what their interests are and maybe you're like, oh, they're interested in this. I'm going to go, you know, listen to this music, watch that show or whatever. And so even before meeting a person, right, you're kind of adapting yourself to be, you know, in a mold of someone that they might find more likable. (laughs) Right. And I think that there are two things with this, right? Like it's possible Like, let's say you're talking to this guy. He says, I'm really into, I don't know, like Haim, this band Haim. Um, hopefully I'm pronouncing Love them, right. by the way. I They're think that's correct. so good. Um, <laughs> I haven't talked about this ever, and, like, now the time has passed, but remember when the Spotify, like, 2021 wrapped or whatever came out? Mm-hmm. I was in their, like, top 1% of listeners. Like, I- <laughs> they were in my top five. I'm proud of that. But no, yeah. no, but, like, I was in oh, yeah. their oh, oh, yeah. top that- 1% yes, of no, listeners. Yes, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so good. They're so good good so it's possible like you're talking to this guy and he's like I'm really into Haim and you're like oh cool I'll check them out you listen to a few of their songs you can talk about it right that's very different than being like I'm really into Haim too (laughs) and then like (laughs) going and like doing it as homework and like Mm -hmm. like because I've done that shit in the past where I'm like I will learn everything there is to know about this band it's like Fuck, there's a lock and key reference that I wanted to make, but obviously you haven't seen the show. Also, in case I forget, homework for next Stella episode, watch lock and key. Hopefully we'll come back to it. But, you know, it's like you try to morph yourself into this person. Mm-hmm. They're very, like, you can still take interest in their interests without it changing you. And sometimes, like, I remember before my first date with Ozzy, I just heard of Tame Impala for the first time, like the summer before. So it was a few months before I just heard of their latest album or his latest album. And I listened to just that album beginning to end. And so when we were on our first date, he was like, I'm really into Tame Impala. And I was like, oh, shit, I actually like somewhat recently heard of Tame Impala. Like I 
listen to this latest album, blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't pretending that I was like some kind of like Tame Impala aficionado. Mm-hmm. But then through dating him, because he is really into Tame Impala, I started listening to more and more Tame Impala and listening to the older stuff and listening to, you know, and, and I think that's a normal thing that can happen. Oh, but again, totally. it would be so different if I was like, oh yeah, Kevin and I are besties, you know? Like I know his entire life. I've seen life. them yeah. in concert eight times. Yeah. Like Googling when and yeah. where these concerts yeah. could have taken place to create a backstory. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was at the um, August 2013 show at um, Red Rocks. Were you there? Oh God. Crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, different things. I don't, okay, so... I guess, you know, 2022, really trying to show up authentically and not playing these characters. And it's hard because we have like, you know, 30 plus years of being exposed to things that we find likable. Mm -hmm. And it's really because it usually happens on a subconscious level. You take on these traits yeah, yeah. It's I must do A, B, or C to be liked by others. And yeah, then, and then those, of course, change also based on like my peers, the 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 grown ups or whatever, my superiors, romantic interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, no advice here, but let's all try to not do that. Yes. And you know, to bring it full circle. I don't think it's as simple as like, let's not try. It's excavate. Like, Mm -hmm. where does this come from? Like, really, it's not just a spiritual bypass moment of like, okay, we're just not going to do this. It's let's why am I doing? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Like, when did I receive the messaging that this is what I should be doing? And how can I rewrite that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a good place to end. I think so, too. Um, Okay, Homework. Please watch Lock and Key. It's magical. It's whimsical. It's cute. It's fun. It's deep. It's entertaining. It's honestly right now like my favorite show, but I kind of do this every time I watch a new show that I get really into, but it's so fucking good. I can't wait to see it. I know. I'm I'm jealous that you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I might just rewatch it for the third time within a month. <laughs> so that, Why not? But no, there's really deep stuff that I want to touch on. So if you haven't watched the show, please watch it. The next time we have Stella on, we'll start from there. And there's like very specific things that I want to talk about with you from it. So that actually really fall into our 2022 theme. So sounds great. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Leave a five-star review. Put it in your Instagram stories. Um, You know, call your mom and dad. Tell them to subscribe to the show. (laughs) Whatever it may be, please do it. Thank you, Stella, for joining us. We'll see you next time. Can't wait. (laughs) 